See, the record's now. Ready? Yep. Hi, everybody, and welcome again to Granny and the Romanian. Granny and the Romanian. And I have remained the Granny. I'm still the Romanian, and guys. I'm sitting across from this gorgeous Earl. Romanian's as good-looking as you. Ah, come on, come on, come on. Let's give it a question, because <laughs> we're getting a bit sweet and cheesy here. Oh, that's just a soften Actually. It just reminded me of something, so shout out, we need to give a shout out to my friend Evan. Evan is from around Brunswick and we met at the barbecue this weekend and Evan told me, it's like, you know man, like whenever I get my razor and I plug it in and I get ready to trim, I hear Granny and the Roman. No, <laughs> yeah. Evan is our best and friend, like, Evan, thank it's, you. It's the best thing that happens, I'm like, thank you Evan, I hope you're listening to this one as well. I know, and shouldn't we have bigger blue things up and down, okay, you know what you're doing. It's okay, it's okay. Okay, now, um... After long discussion and many decisions, you and I decided that today we could discuss the 60s. The 60s. Mainly because I was an adult <laughs> <And> <laughs> during that, and you were not even, a, as we used to say, a twinkle in your father's eye. Isn't that the dumbest thing? Such a beautiful way of putting things It doesn't make any sense to somebody from Romania. Twinkle. But we did want to talk about that. We do want to talk about the 60s, and I have lots and lots of questions about it still. Me are, too, actually. Are we really recording? Because you're the man. We are really recording. Don't worry okay. about us. I mean, those lines are so little. Okay. That's fine. I um, think that the 60s were a very good example of how, in fact, people can revolt and change the world. I would have thought in the past, no, nobody's going to change. It's not. But they did. They got together. And I know there was a lot of balderol, as we used to say, with the... What's this? Well, this is being silly and stupid and mm -hmm. nonsense. Um with the dancing and the getting high and the and the dancing naked in the mud and, mm. and that was a that was a part of it. That was a revolutionizing concept for that time, you know. It was, and it was it was wonderful because we up to that point, most of us young people did would never have had the nerve to do those things. Some of us, not I, I was too chicken, but some of us, <laughs> some of us went off. Some of us went off and went to Woodstock and went to um, San Francisco. The parts about the 60s that I don't get, I understand that they were making a point and that they were freeing up a lot of things, in particular women, but I never understood the point of de the, the destruction. Why was it mm -hmm. necessary to go into a beautiful library at Harvard? I don't know if it happened at Harvard, but something like Harvard, <laughs> and put a bomb in there and blow up all that's those a, um, old books that were so important to the history of our a, country. Why? That's a great question. Do you question. think that they could have? Do you think that they could have made their points, whatever their points were, and not done that? What yeah. do you think? Just, just very quick, it reminds because before we started the show, we were thinking what happened the '69 that was so big. Woodstock happened the '69. Oh, it did. That was yeah, it's the 50th anniversary this year. I think so. I think it's '69. It was '69, '70? Was, was the big one? Was when it was free, everyone was getting high, and all of the stuff. Oh, the films are amazing. Be beautiful film about it. Beautiful, three hours long, but beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I watch it when I can, and they were they were they were beautiful and young and and brave and maybe a lot of them came from money because you know I don't know how they fed themselves during all that period when they were lying around. Oh, it's very it's very interesting apparently. I mean, last semester I did my research on Berkeley, California, and I was looking at University of Berkeley, and especially the period of '64 up until let's say '69 or '70 when the free speech movement started in California. And one of the things we need to keep in mind was that, you know, nowadays when you go to university or to a private school or to a good university, you are usually, you usually have money or you take out a loan or your parents have saved for a long time. Yes. Berkeley costed zero dollars. 
in the 60s. If you lived there. Yes, it was zero dollars. And for out-of-state people, it was very cheap as well. And for a last... Oh, the phone is ringing, my I friends. I forgot to take the phone. It's okay. Look, it's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. We can pause this. Keep talking. Oh, so we are back. We're so sorry about that. Just a small phone call <laughs> that... It's just disturbed. Just not important. Uh, it's is, okay. Even this is the only important thing. So you were talking about, did you ever want to go to Berkeley as a student? Never before I came here because I didn't know that much about it. It's just, um, it's just the thing that I knew that when I came to the United States, when I applied, I had to shoot for schools that were need blind. And for people that do not know, need blind means that they basically accept you regardless of how much you can pay. So they oh. don't really look at the money. Baldwin claims to be like that. No one knows how full it is true, but it's not a necessarily a school that looks at your money and then says, "Oh, you know, you can you can pay, so come in." I don't know. That was the situation for me. I don't know how to say anything else, but well, I'm glad it worked out because I feel like an idiot definitely. talking to nobody across the table. <laughs> if you were in Berkeley, but truly, <laughs> truly, and in Berkeley, it costed too much money. It was like seventy thousand dollars a year, oh. barely any chance of getting grant. Well, I don't want to take a loan. I don't want to end up paying three hundred thousand dollars. Oh no, 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 no! You've been your sucker life. But basically, in any case, you know, years ago, Stephen and I, my husband, whose name is Stephen, and he's a wonderful man, in America. Um, America. He is. We drove to Cal. We went to California because my son actually went to Berkeley for a while, and then he went to another school because he called me up one day. He said, "It's too hard. I'm going to go to the University of San Francisco or something." But we drove around Haight Ashbury. Is that how that's pronounced? That area where all the Never hippies were, were dancing and doing all their thing, and they're still there. Yeah. Older. <laughs> I mean, there are so many hippies with, with, with a belly. <laughs> and wearing the tie-dye, and they were lying around on the parks, and I thought, I'm in a time warp. And that was <laughs> about 25 years after it had all been over. But back to my question, I, I, I wish I could talk to somebody who was there and did all that. I'd like to know. There's someone in town, Gary. From Gary Lawless? Exactly, from Was Gulf of Maine. I mean, I don't know, but he told oh. me that he went down to Washington. We, we, we should get him on air, actually. Maybe we he's should listening. get him on the air. And, and oh, and one time I, went, I wanted to march in Washington, D.C. for something. <laughs> and guess what my beloved husband said? You have three kids. <laughs> no. He said, you're not leaving me home here with three kids under four years old. <laughs> no. He said, no. No. And he said, I don't want you to die and get shot for, for a cause. And... He's a keeper. He is a keeper. And maybe <laughs> saved my life. But in any case, interesting. Um, the 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 people that became hippies went to California. They were smart enough not to have, not to stay here in Maine because of the ice and the snow. It's hard to march hmm. and protest when you're freezing your whatever. I mean, zone. lots of things happened here. Oh, they Col did. Colby was occupied. Col oh, it what by? By oh. I think the Black Students Union in '69 yeah. or '70. I, I forgot when, but I think there's a there's a time when they had to finish classes earlier. Because of that. Good old Colby. Wow. Good old Colby. <laughs> Something like that. So we did have, we had the rabble rousers here too, Definitely. but the smart ones went to California because then they could they could uh, protest all all twelve months a year because of the weather. Mm. Weather was better, I think, but it was um, an amazing and scary time, and um, it worked. A lot of things changed in our country because of that. But so fascinating, you know, because we also have it nowadays and. I don't know, I don't want to compare the um, 2019, 2018 with the 60s, but it seems to me that there is a resurgence in activism and very strong and people with strong opinions coming forward from both sides of the spectrum, you know, you know, very far left, very right wing people and they all come and want to say their opinion, which is, 
which in a sense is amazing because I think that it's it's something so honest that we see in this movement and I feel that for so long we've been dishonest with ourselves we all try to portray ourselves as moderate you know saying oh I belong in the center you know but deep down inside I think there was so there was something else happening inside of us that we hid we kept it hidden you know because oh it was not the right time but 2016 happened you know and someone got elected and maybe because of that people actually started speaking up more and maybe someone who was that's no don't say we cannot say that <laughs> we cannot say um, that uh, yes, it, it's fascinating. The, <coughs> you know, we, I'm 80, almost 82. I'm going to be 82 in a few months. And mm. I have, so I have gotten to live, I don't want to say in the Depression and in the Victoria times, but I lived on the edges when all those things were yeah. still being practiced by all relatives. And so when I see what the Victorians, uh, my grandmother, I had a grandmother, Anna Elizabeth Scott, and mm. she was horrified at short skirts and horrified that women that dared to want to vote i mean it wasn't their place so yeah. i got to see all of that and listen to all of that those arguments it's like and a change I think in the opinion 60s, yeah the 60s came along and said get over yourselves and get let's get going and do something right and you know they preached love and all that stuff and i think some of it worked i think it did i think it changed us it made us think and it was lots of fun Definitely. I mean, the hippies is just a small part of the 60s. You know, we need to look at the 60s in terms of students on campus rebelling, you know, and Berkeley is the Berkeley is known as the center of activism because because of the free speech movement. Um, And the fact that what's so beautiful about Berkeley, I think I did did my research. I, I discovered a thing that I forgot the name of the leader of the group. I think Mario Savio. Mario Savio is the name. I'm not sure. Mario I'm, Savio I'm going with you. Yes. Yeah, this guy that He's came right. from New York City yes. to study in Berkeley and went for the summer in the in Mississippi project I think was called. And it was this project to bring I don't want to say only white people, but I think it was a lot of white people to the south to help people get the vote, to help black people get the vote. And you know, they came after a summer from the south where they basically were chased down by people with bats and you know and guns. And they go on a campus where they're not afraid of anything else. Like, what can the police do to you? You know, what what, what can they even oh, do to you? Can they do anything when these people are chasing you in the south with bats? They're mm-hmm. not afraid. So they actually had a chance to speak up. And they do one of the most beautiful things. It's, I think when they occupy the, I think it's called Seals Plaza or something like this. And they occupy it because there were not allowed political protests on campus. And the police comes with the cars. And a bunch of students surround the cars and the police is stuck there for 32 hours and they use the car to to voice their demands. To speak. To speak. To speak. And that's when the free speech movement was born. It was a very, very brave time for these people, young people. Do you know the, the you know what the Smithsonian Museum is in, in uh, Washington, D.C.? It's a monster museum <laughs> and, and it is called America's Attic. America, because there is so much stuff there. <laughs> including a relative, little section of a relative of mine who saved American Jew, Jewish children. That's another story. I love him. His name was, um, what the heck is his name? Never mind. Anyway, the, in the Smithsonian, there is a, I think it's at the Smithsonian, there is a section of a counter, a, mm-hmm. ca- a kitchen where you ate, mm-hmm. and a bunch of chairs. They yeah, yeah. cut it out, and they put it on, and those were the kids that went there and were taught not to fight back and to sit there at the counter and order a meal and when the white thugs came in and beat them and hit them and with everything and stick they sat there martin luther king Mm. and they sat there and they took it 
and they took it and they took it and they changed things finally finally when you when you keep hitting a person enough and they just don't react you finally it gets boring truly you know? truly and they and those chairs we can touch the chairs that those mm -hmm. heroes sat in and and most of them were some were black and some were white and came down from the, the, the north can you imagine if you were a father and some your child said i want to go down to washington dc and do a sit-in they called it mm -hmm. and and my i would say no you're not going you're gonna die mm -hmm. and some a lot did a lot did a lot did three of them i forget their names now went down and to get help with voting and everything and vanished and they found their burned out cars off in the woods somewhere not a, and the guys that did it we're this happens a lot were were proven to be innocent yeah even and they would go on television later on and say I mean, we did it but you can't, you can't be tried twice for the same crime isn't that the rule i don't know i don't it's know called how double it jeopardy might be, might yeah, be. I don't know. I think know. that's it. So Crazy. It's a, a fascinating period in American history. Did it happen over there in Romania? This is fascinating because <clears throat> I think one of the things we invoke in Romania compared to the Western world is the fact that we were not really colonizers. And it's hard to say if we were or not colonizers because we didn't really have any advancement in territory. You and know? the word is colonizers, C-O-L. Colonizers that have right. colonies. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to get to, it, I wanna get to, to race sure. as well, but we didn't really like subjugate people in that way. That's the main narrative. I would go and say that it's false to a certain extent, and there are advertisements from newspapers, I think 19th century, with gypsies being sold. So we had slavery. Yeah, we had slavery, and this gets me to a beautiful movie that won, I think, the Silver Bear at the Berlinale. Festival. It's called Aferim, beautiful film that discusses the idea of slavery in that time and how gypsies were basically sold, were like commodities. Oh, exactly. We think here in America that slavery started with black people being ripped out of Africa and brought over here to the south and sold. Slavery has been around since there have been people. It, it's very interesting because <clears throat> I think one of the, one of the problems I, I would say that slavery has been around for a long time, though. I don't know when to put the start to it, you know, and it's hard sometimes to put when black people came from Africa, when black people were brought from Africa mm -hmm. here, that's when it started, or if it started before, because we have different economic systems, you know, and the majority one at the time, I'm not sure if it was slavery or not. Sure, the Romans had slaves, the Egyptians had slaves. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But one of the things, you know, what's interesting about and is not called slavery, I remember my grandfather worked the land, was basically a serf. Was it a surf called? Sure, I, and, right, yeah. And that's how I'm. I'm so curious about that because my mom always calls me. My mom always calls. My mom always tells me the story that my granddad was a slave on someone's lot. You know, and it's not slavery in the term per se. No one owns you physically. You are not owned in chains. You're not being sold. But you work to survive. It's not really work to actually achieve something in life. It's like I think weren't they given a piece of land and they could have the land as long as they worked it and gave most of the It was not. It was at the weird period in time when this happened. It oh was a weird God. period in time. But maybe this is for another topic. We need to get back to the 60s. Okay. Actually, my grandparents lived in the 60s. But 60s in Romania were very different. And 60s in Europe were a bit different than they were here. So so were there were there 60s type revolutions Definitely. around Europe? They were big. I mean, the biggest ones were like Paris, because Sorbonne was... Nanterre, I think, in, in the university, when they occupied the university. 
for a very long, long time and they produced, you should actually check it. And everyone should check it out. Check the art from 68 and the 60s that they produced in Paris because they were thinking of producing something democratically owned. And they were done with this whole classic buildings, you know, <coughs> classic ways of governing society. Done with hierarchies. They wanted something new, they wanted something democratic. And they did create it. Eventually it failed because when elections happened, people vote, voted for, I think, Charles de Gaulle's party and oh. they lost. But many things happened. Italy was going crazy. Man. Fascinating man. He, Italy was going crazy. Sixty-eight things were burning. The 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 left was becoming very 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 powerful. And uh, how is it called? It's called the lead years. Liani di Piombo start when when violence is widely spread at a time. So it gives it gives very easy access to violence. So people from the left target people from the right in the streets with guns and bombs. Oh, guns. Did you? So you, in your opinion. As a young man, and so young man. a young man is going to save the world. Yes, he is. I mean, all of us, just or a bit. Or a piece of it, maybe a little piece. Um, so. Do you think that it was a good thing that um, that it all this happened? People died, and and but they always die in these revolutions. Like, do you do you think the sixties upheavals were good? That it was good that it happened. I think so. I definitely think so. I mean, what if it hadn't? Where would we be? What would we be like? very weird right now I think if it wouldn't have happened I mean what would have happened I mean would LBJ be present for a second term Oof. he might have been you know because he he stepped down because of Vietnam and the pressure yeah. what would have happened in Europe you know would we still be very Catholic in a sense or like Catholic democratic way of living or very conservative way hard to say you know at the same time, I think we could very easily get lots of criticism because when we support the 60s and when we say those are amazing years, we also say that about the violence that happened. And there's a question I have for you because you lived through that. What do you think of the violence? Because you asked me the questions, you know, in the beginning, was it necessary for them to burn libraries? Maybe it was not. Maybe it was not for them necessary to burn a building, you know, but is I it important the, that they did it? Well, I wonder what the answer, like if we are, ask Gary Laws, who happens to own the Gulf of Maine. The Gulf of Maine. Ray's <laughs> bookstore, and, and he is just Very an nice. amazing Shop man. local, guys. Fabulous poet. Screw but but he lived through it. He did it. And maybe he would have an opinion as to whether, why that was done. Do we have to have violence? Do you remember, do you, did you read a, when you were, well, maybe there was a, a terrible thing that happened at a, at a college called Kent State. K oh, yeah, yeah, when the police killed a bunch of people. Well, they did, and and then I always I try, even though I'm not very good at it, uh, stock, I, I try to get myself into the other person's shoes or whatever the expression is. And these were young military people, and they were being pummeled with rocks and sticks and everything, and you know, they had guns. And maybe if I had been there and I was getting hit in the head with rocks, I might have picked up my gun and shot at people too. I don't know. I like to think I wouldn't. And people have said over the years, well, those kids were just throwing rocks and bottles and cans and bricks at the people and, and they shouldn't have had guns come against them. But do we know what it's like to be hit in the head with a brick a few times? You know... I don't. It's hard, it's hard to say. I think the political... I mean, we need to give some background for this, I think, as well, because if we look nowadays, we tend to we tend to really classify any type of violence as being negative. And as this has been the narrative for a very long time, especially yes. when you come from circles of people where we are more tolerant, more progressive-minded, you know, we want more equality and equity for people. 
Though, you know, sometimes I'm asking myself, is this the right approach to condemn violence at all sorts? And it's a question I'm still asking. I don't have an answer to it because I don't want to do it. I don't want to go and say no violence is required because violence was used for black people to get the vote. Violence was used for people to free themselves and yes. violence was used in so many situations. I violence is that. used against police brutality. And then the way, the way some people look and the way sometimes I want to look at this problem is in a sense of a systematic one, you know. I don't want to look at individuals from the camp. I don't want to look at X throwing a rock at police one or police two. Mm -hmm. I want to look at them as the police and the and the and the people. You no, know? and I want to. Sometimes I want to imagine that the police could have a choice of joining the rebel side. Mm -hmm. In a sense, that's what Especially, I'm imagining. Yeah. yeah. Because I believe that if that would happen, this would really shift the balance of power in the state. Though it's very hard to say, you know. And I think I think we leave our listeners all the time with more questions and more confusion than we actually give them with clear statements. Because, I mean, this is just life, you know. And it's so hard to. But there are no clear statements. You've lived exactly. long enough to know. There are really no that clear there statements. Is, there is no one hundred. Nobody is ever one hundred percent right or one hundred percent wrong. Definitely. I mean, ever. I mean, ever. look, people. It's hard to say. It's hard to say to someone whose child got shot down mm. in the street by a cop, not to attack a cop. You know. What arguments do you invoke against that person? No, it's very hard to do it. You know, I understand. Maybe some people don't do it. But what about a person that was never hurt by a cop? You know, it's very hard based on scenario to scenario. And sometimes when you're trying to get the general voice to believe in something, I'm not sure if that's the right choice. I'm not either. And when I hear people say, there, quote, there is never any excuse for violence, I just don't believe that. In many cases, you have to be violent to escape, to get your freedoms, to win, to... Violence is acceptable and necessary at times in the course of history has to be you you can't just lie down it just isn't a, you know we're not running through little pastures with daisies in our hair but there it is but the 60s brought all that to a head and I mean it was not only violent the 60s the 60s were very demo were very peaceful as well like we need to remember that violence was not the main component of it. it gets, but it was in there. It wasn't there definitely. It's in all the movements. You know, some movements manage to get away without violence. It should happens. It happens. But we need to remember that we're speaking of different contexts. You know, maybe there was violence needed for these things to happen. Maybe there was actually the people fighting the cops to to make it. Maybe there was the need of Black Panthers. You know, you know how they were holding oh, their shotguns yeah. in the streets. And they were like yeah. fearless, you know. What's his name? Bobby Seal, I think. Yes, good. Well, Bobby Seal. Well, he knows more about America than I know about. Bobby Seal, <laughs> when he uh, when he was, I think he was the one that studied law, or his his friend. Oh, many guys. One, guys. one of them studied law, and they yeah. found out that in California you're allowed to hold your gun in the street, and to approach a policeman at a certain distance. So what they were doing, they were just following cops <laughs> around with shotguns. You know, and that may be, but the cops don't like it when you're walking toward them with a. <laughs> right but they couldn't do anything. The law is the law, you know. The law is the law, but you can't. Well, you just can't win. Truly. Anyway, uh, what's our time getting to be there? We have professor? twenty-three minutes, and we look at the sixties. You know, it happened what sixty years, fifty years ago, sixty. Wait a minute, what year is this? No, twenty nineteen. Oh, forty. It's almost twenty twenty. So 50. you know, it started sixty years ago. Yes, after in the sixties. But what are the years of change? You know, I think it happens also after the Red Scare, and the Red Scare really, I really traumatized lots of people, as far as I know. Yes, I, when I was growing up, we were taught to, to run around like idiots and say, I'd rather be dead than red. And I used to think, hmm, I don't want to, when you're dead, there's no hope at all. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so so I would rather be alive and, yeah. uh, and see if I can fight that. But 
as you and I have said before, and this is going way off the track, or I have said this to you before, when I read these philosophies, I always think, oh, there's some good in that. There has to be some good in that communism and things. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds good when you read about it. You we, know? we should send this to Jacobin magazine and oh. make them put, you, they should put you on the cover. Oh, <laughs> there's something you. good in communism. Weirdo, weirdo lady. Okay, so we are done with this show today. I think we're mostly done. It was a reflection on the 60s. We didn't manage to touch upon everything because it's a lot. It's a lot. lot. And I mean, we have the Beatles in the 60s. We didn't, oh didn't my talk God, about, we, forgot the we got Led Zeppelin, we got the big bands. Wait, what else did we get? No, big bands is 40s and 50s, you know, ah, that Glenn type of Miller bands. and Glenn, all those guys. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I am I am sitting across from the table from at this table from a very patient man who lets me go rocketing off in different directions. That's okay. And I mean, never staying on the subject. I mean, this is probably what really gets listeners, you know, because it's just so beautiful that you know, two people from two different generations that both of them go off track so much get together and talk, and people oopsie. You have to give them your email address so that they can send you an email and tell you what they like or don't like about it. Exactly. Or you can do it actually on Twitter. You can find oh, me on Twitter at S-T-O-C-H-I-T-A dot R-A-D-U. What was that? I, the, we can don't go on Twitter? I don't on Twitter, have... yeah. No, it's okay. They can they can contact me there and they can see and they can write bad stuff about us on the wall. Maybe they're going to write bad stuff. They're going to be like, oh, look at these people promoting communism in our beautiful free country. Just taking a look. <laughs> <laughs> Just taking a look. Yeah, it's going to be fun to annoy some people and also to make some like us. It's good. So we're, it's Okay, good. so we are going to sign off and then we're going to do another show. And we're in Brunswick, Maine. We really Maine. want you to keep listening, folks. Without you, there's no us. Exactly. We're in Brunswick, Maine. And don't forget, shop local. Shop local? Shop locally? Lo shop local. Oh, yes. Yeah, support shop local, your local exactly. farmers, Exactly. Support Gulf of Maine if you can. What Screw a guy. Amazon. Screw Amazon. It's oh, not. Okay, we're dead in the water. We're dead in the water, basically. <laughs> after us. Okay. Well, I hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Goodbye Thank you for listening. Bye. Mm. Wait a second. Oh, I'm still enjoying my food thingy. <laughs>